0: Hi, this is Pastor Tamara Kraft from Revival Fire for Kids with an Ignite Kidman podcast. If you want your students to experience revival and the glory of God and become radical followers of Jesus, this is the podcast for you. Join us today as we start the journey, and I'll let you in on my story and experiences in Kidman. Hold on tight. You never know what the Holy Spirit is planning. Hi, this is Tamara Craft. For the next few weeks, I'm going to share excerpts of a podcast interview I did with my publishing company about my curriculum, Building Pentecostal Foundations. This week, I'm going to be talking about The Journey. If you would like to get 20% off the journey, you may do so by purchasing it by the end of the year using the code JOURNEY, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y, and that is all caps.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to our discussion of Children's Church Curriculum. I'm Michelle Levine. And I'm Lynn Craft. This is the second episode in the discussion of uh, the children's curriculum that Tamra has created and produced through Revival Fire for Kids. This week's episode focuses on the quarter curriculum called The Journey. So why don't we just dive right in, Tamra. Tell us a little about The Journey children's curriculum.
0: When I decided I was going to put out Building Foundations curriculum, I knew the first quarter of curriculum that I wanted to put out was a curriculum that told the very basics, salvation, the importance of scripture, and the importance of living a Christian life. And that's what the journey does. It is the Christian's journey through life that I, uh, I wanted to just completely get to the basics right off the bat. And that is so important because some children I have discovered go through what? six years of children's church after going through five years of preschool classes and they never get saved during all that time. They never are taught the basics of salvation. They learn all the Bible stories, but they're never taught the basics of salvation. They're only taught the good things that God expects of them. And it's so important for children to be saved and for children to know the truth of scripture, and for children to know that there's a a way that Christ expects them to live. And as far as salvation, there's something called the 414 window. And what the 414 window says, it's a Barna study that was done all over the world, not just in the United States. And it says that 85% of all Christians And that's all Christians everywhere in the world were saved between the ages of four and 14. And I want my listeners to just think about it for a moment. When were they saved? When were you saved? Almost all of you will say somewhere between the ages of four and 14. I was on the late side. I was saved at 13. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is, if you wait until someone's a teenager, the chances are they will not be saved. Of course, there are miracles, but children need to be saved in children's church, or the chances greatly diminish with every year that they will ever become a Christian.
1: Absolutely. We need to get them while the, the soil is soft. And they're they're willing to listen.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And some people say, oh, well, kids don't understand all uh, uh, they don't understand the complexity of salvation and they don't understand the depth of salvation. You know what? Neither do I. <laughs> I mean, well, I, un- I understand to a great deal, I understand a great deal but there's so much more I don't understand and I'm learning constantly. So that's not a good reason.
1: (laughs) And I don't think God wants it to be complex. I mean, Jesus said, come as a little child. That's right. So why would anybody
0: say, oh, you have to wait until your brain can handle complexities. That's right. Absolutely. Plus there's a philosophy right now, that you shouldn't teach children about Christ or Christianity at a young age, that you should wait until they're older and let them decide for themselves. Well, I've said this in my teacher trainings and stuff like that. That is demonic. Basically, it's a lie of the enemy to tell people, wait until your children are too old to accept the gospel.
1: Absolutely. Well, that covers the question of why did you write the journey?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. So the journey is available in three parts or it can be bought in, in all in one batch. So why don't you explain to our Sunday school teachers out there, why you made it available that way? Optional three parts.
0: Well, first of all, the three parts are the Romans road, which deals with salvation the Bible, your GPS for life, and then city on a hill that deals with sanctification. And I made it in three parts. So if there's a specific part that teachers need for their students, uh, there's a a specific area they need that they could get that one four week or five week uh, section separately for a smaller price. But if they're teaching systematically the doctrine, then they need the whole thing because all of it is important. Uh, The Romans road, like I said, it deals with salvation. It goes through the Romans road and the scriptures behind it and the scriptural understanding of salvation, the Bible, your GPS for life that is needed like never before because There's so much relativism out there in not just the schools and the world, but in the church nowadays. There are churches who don't believe that the Bible is the word of God, which I don't believe they're real Christian churches if they don't believe that. But it's very important for children to learn that the Bible is our guide for life, that it is something we can rely on. It is truth. Uh, A little story I was teaching children's church uh, a couple weeks ago, and I asked the kids, have any of you ever heard somebody say, well, that's your truth, but my truth is different. And they all said, yes, they had heard somebody say that. And I said, well, when you hear that phrase, your truth and my truth, that is not true. The Bible is true. There is only one truth there is no your truth or my truth. Those are not truths. Those are lies. And so even young children need to know that. As far as city on a hill, people think, oh, sanctification is such a big word. Children can't learn that. Yes, they can. You know, an easy way to describe sanctification that children understand completely when you say it this way is sanctification means saying yes to God and no to sin. So it's real easy. Keeping it simple. (laughs) So you've
1: covered a lot of, of what is involved in the different parts of the journey and the basics, why it's so important to start with the basics. So is there anything else out there that you've seen maybe lacking in the common curriculum that you felt you needed to, to fill in the holes?
0: Oh, absolutely. 90% of children's church curriculum right now is put out by five different large curriculum companies. And their motto is one size fits all. They want to make a curriculum that will fit in every church, no matter what the denomination, no matter what the belief, even if it's a church that doesn't have strong Christian beliefs or believe in the Bible they want to make it palatable for them. They want a curriculum, like I said, one size fits all, and they teach kids values or to be good, but they don't teach them salvation. I'll tell you a little story about uh, this. When I was in church camp, I mean, I wasn't in church camp as a child, but as an adult doing uh Ministry at the church camp, and I would be a cabin leader every year when I was younger. And I would always get the worst girls' cabin, the kids that nobody else wanted, they always gave to me. And one day I asked the head of the camp, Why do you do that? Why do you always give them to me? And they said, Because you always seem to handle them. They're changed by the end of the week. And I'll tell you why. I had one group of kids, they had been raised in church. They had a children's pastor teaching one of these big five curriculums, you know, and they, and very gimmicky curriculums, lots of fun, Disneyland type stuff. Jesus loves you. She brought the kids to the camp and she said, oh, I feel so sorry for you that you're getting them. They are just such a hard They are so hard and they just don't have any respect and I don't know what to do with them. And she left. So we got to know each other next morning. We had daily devotionals. I talked a little bit about salvation and they said, like I said, they were raised in church. In fact, the same denomination that I belong to, which was a Pentecostal denomination. And they said, what is salvation? Nobody had ever told them about salvation the entire time they'd been in church. So I told them the Romans Road how to be saved. I asked them if they wanted to pray and asked Jesus into their heart as their savior. They did. They were a changed group of girls. When she came back, she said, what well, are they too difficult I said, no, they were awesome. She said, I don't believe that. And I thought, you know what? It makes a big difference when you're saved. (laughs) So it's so important. And yet people don't teach it. Or they just assume their kids are saved and they never really set out to explain it. Or they assume their kids know that the Bible is God's word and they never show why it is they never go any deeper.
1: It's the old thing that, well, yeah, well, I'm a Christian because my parents were Christians. Exactly. That, that, that fallacy in thought that just, oh, yeah, it's sad. That we're, we're fighting against it with yep. this
0: curriculum. And even though I, I write Pentecostal curriculum for the most part, this curriculum, the journey, can be used in any evangelical church. It doesn't not get into Pentecostal doctrine because it is basically Christianity 101. So, this curriculum is for any church out there that wants their kids to know the basics. The important stuff. Yes.
1: So, in our last podcast we discussed how long it took to write the Christmas Tree Advent. So, how long did it take to get this curriculum put together, or was this also something where you you had notes building up over the years through all your years of ministry and working with the kids and things you discovered? Well, in a way, it
0: took twenty years <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I knew I wanted to write this curriculum. I had every intention of writing it, but I wanted it to be done right. I didn't want a cheesy thing that was self published and you know in a notebook and I didn't have the knowledge at that time to put it out in the correct way and I didn't want another publishing company to put it out because I basically wanted control of this because this is my baby and I had been published with other publishing companies before and you know they always change things and I didn't want these changed. Plus I wanted video resources and that in itself was a long story. I hired one person, they canceled out on me. I hired another person. It took them a year to get it done. And I, it's not a video curriculum. Uh, I, I don't believe in video curriculum, but it does have short video clips to go with some of the lessons that are cute and So all these things combined made it so that it took quite a while to write this first curriculum of building foundations. And when I started with you, Mount Zion Rich Press, and learned about publishing, that helped. I had the videos for quite a while. I had all the information. I had it all. So at that point, I just sat down and wrote it. So at that point, it maybe took. Two, three months. but still, to get it to that place took 20 years.
1: Yeah, long journey, a long journey, okay? Well, since you were talking about the videos and the downloadable, why don't you expand on the downloadable resources for for um, our readers? Is there anything besides the videos?
0: Oh, yes. We have, of course, the JPEG images that you can use with your presentation software uh, that tells the rules, the verses, the some of the things uh, in the lesson have illustration slides to go with them, different things like that. We also have family devotional sheets that you can copy and print on your printer the nice thing about them is they are not included in the booklet they are a separate document so it's easy to print them out and you can send those home with your students so that their families will have devotions to do with them based on whatever lesson they learned that week so we have quite a bit of resources for them that is that is great there's so much that
1: seems adaptable I think, is that the right word that, you know, you can use small pieces or you can use all the materials, depending on if you've got a small group or a large group and take
0: home materials to include the family in what the kids are learning. Right. There is so much in this curriculum. Each lesson is meant for a Pentecostal service that lasts two to three hours. So that's quite a long service. So some churches, what they do is like they don't have people to do skits or puppets or something like that. So they'll leave that part out. Other churches, they will take each lesson and use it for two weeks each. And they have enough curriculum to cover those two weeks. And yet the churches that do have the three-hour services they bless my name because they have enough material <laughs> to keep to the kids it. busy <laughs> <laughs> well you Michelle you have been on my kids crusades for with me you mm-hmm. know i have i i just one thing after another i have enough to keep them busy for quite a while and they never get into mischief because they're constantly engaged
1: singing and laughing and and answering questions and Exactly. Keep them busy. Yes. Trick them into learning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, kind of taking a, a little more serious turn with this discussion of the journey. So because this is such important material and unfortunately neglected in a lot of churches, I imagine there must have been some kind of roadblock or spiritual warfare, some kind of attack to stop you from writing it or get in the way of uh, publishing the journey?
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I already told you how many problems I had just getting somebody to videotape a few cute little clips for it. And I don't, didn't even have them for every lesson. And even that the cost was astronomical. And don't have to worry about that now because I have the resources to do it myself. But back then it was more difficult. They didn't have all these resources readily available for you to use. You had to uh, have other people make these videos. And uh, just that was a great roadblock. There were also roadblocks of like, for instance, me not knowing enough to get it published when I first started writing it and, and not knowing how to do this. I had to learn a lot, but it was more than that. At times I felt like there was a major attack that played in my mind, you know, that tried to get me to think, no, you can't do this. This is too much. This that nobody will want this stuff. This is just, I think that was not me. I think that was not my own doubts. Like I said, I wrote curriculum before and was published by denominational houses, things like that. I i truly believe it was a spiritual attack. And then of course, finding the time to write.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's always the biggest battle
0: <laughs> yes. time and
1: quiet and
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, but you've succeeded and you're <laughs> keeping keeping going on the road so that's the important part
0: because of the grace of god and because yes i understood when i was attacked where it was coming from and i didn't accept that as my own internal dialogue absolutely you recently
1: started a podcast called ignite kid men you, do you want to give us a couple minutes talking about that how that ties into the journey Or just
0: curriculum in general? I am so excited about it because, well, first, Revival Fire for Kids is a ministry that I started when I stopped being a full-time children's pastor. It was about 20 years ago now that I started it. And the main purpose of Revival Fire for Kids is to equip children's leaders and to equip them to help their students have a radical relationship with Jesus Christ and uh, come into the presence of God. That is the whole purpose of revival fire for kids to do that. I needed to help these children's pastors in a variety of ways. Curriculum was one of them kids crusades where they, and teacher training was another, but the truth is nowadays people do not invite teachers into their churches. They don't invite uh, people to conferences or allowed people to go to conferences as much because of this pesky little thing called COVID <laughs> that is still occasionally tormenting us. But podcasts are different. People have started listening to podcasts. That's why we do the Mount Zion Ridge Press podcast, Books on, a, on the Ridge. Or So I realized that this is a way where I could tap into that original vision of Revival Fire for Kids to equip children's leaders. So I call this podcast Ignite Kidmen. Kidmin is the uh, Twitter tag for children's ministry. And so Ignite Revival Fire for Kids, Ignite Kidmen. So that's how I got the name. So I realized that I could do a podcast. And then do an even more intense uh, mentoring to uh, help and equip these children's pastors in a way that is no longer available to me as much because of the way people's lives have changed. So I'm really excited about it. I just started it. I have three podcasts up there. And so I look forward to where this is going to go.
1: People can sign up to become patron of the podcast and become a part of Ignite Kid Men coaching and equipping.
0: Well, first they can go to my website and they can read all about it at number 4 kidsnet or .com or .org or anything like that. <laughs> You've bought all three. I bought all three and then put it slash Ignite or you can click the tab ignite. And the really cool thing is if they become a patron of the podcast, it not only helps revival fire for kids financially with just a small fee every month, but they get so much out of it. First of all, they get monthly zoom meetings with me where every month I will teach them something about children's ministry. They can ask questions, they can interact with me. And not only that, but they can get a church membership where not only they are on the our Zoom kidmen meetings, but they can invite everyone from their children's ministry to be on at the same time. So they basically have their teacher training taken care of. And they can also, if they get the right level of patronship, they can get one-on-one brainstorming sessions with me on the phone or on Zoom where they can, you know, I'm having a hard time figuring out how to do this and kid men could we get on Zoom and just plan it out together and you could bounce some ideas off me. They have that resource if they do that. Not only that, as if that's not enough, They get free and discounted children's ministry resources and even some building foundations curriculum. Either they get a coupon for a discount or they might get some free curriculum if they have a high enough level of patronship. If you get the highest church membership, you can actually have teacher training sessions for your team with me teaching them online on Zoom. And then any, these would be private sessions with just your church ministry team. And then afterwards, you can do any teaching that is specific for that week, you know, maybe procedures or policies that need addressed. So that's something that I don't know of anywhere would do that. Also, if you're a member, you can be a part of the online Bible studies and get all kinds of organizational helps and a lot more. So, okay, so there's do, a lot of different levels that they can right. opt
1: in for. That's yes. great.
0: I do have a quote from a former pastor of mine who I've done children's revivals and teacher training and consultations for pastor Dr. Zach Prosser. If you want to hear his quote about the children's ministry. Ignite. Absolutely. He says about revival fire of kids they're anointed and impactful ministry. Is changing the lives of children and children's ministry leadership. So I'm pretty proud of that quote. Yeah, I would be too. (laughs) That
1: is great.
0: Yes. And I didn't realize real excited about it.
1: Didn't realize how busy you were.
0: Yes, I am a busy person. Yes.
1: Well, we've come to the end of the discussion of the journey curriculum. We've got two more episodes discussing the curriculum. So stay tuned. Come back next week. Next week's podcast will be on building a place for God's glory.
0: If you enjoyed this Ignite Kidman podcast, subscribe and click the bell or notification button. If you would like more resources and curriculum for your children's ministry, or would like to schedule an event, Check out RevivalfireforKids dot com. Consider becoming a patron and receive monthly Zoom calls, online support, and children's ministry resources at RevivalfireforKids dot com slash ignite. Until next time.